Well, hello. We didn't see you there. Because this is an audio podcast. An audio podcast called Alphabet Drippings. Welcome. I'm Ben. I'm Alex. And I'm Matt. All right, did we get that out of our systems? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. So. Great. On to the stories. What do we have first, gents? Our first story is Another Visit to Mam Mam by Thomas Huber. Mam Mam, it's Thomas. Mom sent me by with a container of that seaweed lasagna you like so much. Mam Mam? Uh, usually she answers by now. I guess it can't hurt to try the door. Unlocked? Weird. Ma'am, ma'am? Ma'am, ma'am? Ah, please don't tell me I'm gonna have to search the whole house. Oh, God. Please don't tell me I'm gonna end up finding her bloated corpse. Speaking of, it smells musty in here. I should open a window. <laughs> ma'am, ma'am? Oh, thank goodness, she's not dead. She's doing something outside. protective caretaker. He wouldn't let us out of his sight so we could meet with that talent agent out in the back alley behind the dumpster. We had to keep him off our case. Why, it's Tommy! Hello, Tommy! Ma'am, ma'am, what are you doing on this hillside? What's with the bathtubs? We were having a double bath. And who the heck is this guy? Why, that's my gentleman caller, Tommy. His name is Radley. He's a senile delinquent. A senile delinquent? A rather prolific one. I don't understand. Oh, Rodney, the kids these days. Yeah. You see, Tommy, Rodney and his friend Herbert were the top mischief makers in the 70 to 100-year-old age bracket in the tri-state area. Um. That is until Herbert died last month. Yep. Hit by a bus. Geez, hit by a bus? That's gruesome. Not really. What? It was stationary. Huh? Well, Tommy, Herbert was busy yelling at the bus driver when a hydraulic broke on the gas cap. It flew off and clocked poor Herbert in the head, killing him instantly. He did have really bad osteoporosis. So, through a mutual acquaintance, we both happened to be at Herbert's funeral. Rodney and I hit it off, and Rodney has come calling ever since. And this is what you two do? Sit in adjoining bubble baths on top of this hill? Oh, yes! Those commercials make it look like so much fun. You know the ones I'm talking about, right, Tommy? The ones with all the side effect disclaimers? Yes, ma'am, ma'am. We saw one of those commercials and just had to try it. Is it everything you hoped for? She gave me a pill and dressed me up like Einstein to get her thrill. He can't do the accent, so it's really an incomplete experience. But I'll get mine one of these days. Okay. Well, ma'am, ma'am, it's good to see you. I left the food on the kitchen table. Black hole in the yard! What the? Fire! It all goes up! Oh, my lord. I think we lost him again with no such luck. What is going on? X marks the spot! Jesus, that is Wang? It always points magnetic north. Oh, ma'am, ma'am. I'm sorry, Tommy. This is the time where the double bath concludes and we both run naked down the hill and through the field of bluebells. X marks me out. It would probably be best if you left now, Tommy. You don't want to stick around for what comes after the bluebells. Oh, you don't have to tell me twice. Bye, ma'am, ma'am. 
Thanks for stopping by, Tommy. Rodney, you're forgetting to tie off your skin flaps. Remember last time? You ran down the hill so fast that it fanned out behind you became some kind of worn-out parachute. The wind resistance resulted in you having... So, I traveled through a wormhole yesterday. Really? No way, that's so cool. Was it topological or geometric? Um, it was topographical. That is amazing. You have to tell me... Wait, topographical? Was the experience similar to Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar? Wait, only similar because we're both oily and had our shirts off. I don't think... Well, what did it feel like? Moist and granular. Wait, really? Moist and granular traveling through a wormhole? Sure. I traveled through a wormhole underneath my house to see where it went. Really? I knew something was off. Were the worms at least like the ones in Beetlejuice or Dune? Nope, just the regular kind. What? But then your story isn't interesting at all. Eh, I guess not. What is interesting is A Day on the Royal Green by Angus McDonough. That's coming up next after a message from one of our sponsors. Days are getting colder now. Night's getting longer. Yes, it's that time of year, and aren't we all tired of paying that filthy old electric bill? Why not make life easier on you, and easier on dear old Peepaw's wallet? Yes, what you need is some of Waggler's old-time organic earwax candles. Waggler's has been making fine earwax candles the old-fashioned way since 1884. And don't think we're gonna change our ways anytime soon. No, sir. We source our 100% all-natural earwax from only the wisest and sassiest Amish grandmothers. And you can smell the difference. Yes, light up one of our fancy earwax candles, and soon your sitting room will be filled with the most wholesome aroma. And your papery walls will be bathed in a beautiful, soft, yellow glow. Because our candles are 100% earwax, you can be sure that once they burn down to the bottom of our old-timey pewter candle holders, why, you can just gently heat up that milky translucent earwax in your wash tub and make a new candle with our 100% horsehair candle wicks. It's the gift that keeps on giving, and Grandma wouldn't settle for anything less. Nothing says, come on in, youngins, like the warm, slightly unsettling scent of our responsibly sourced earwax candles. Buy a four-pack today at our store in Napanee or visit our traveling gypsy wagon in Shipshawana. Either way, we know you're gonna love it. Wagglers, smells like home. That was the summer of 1932 when my father told me I was finally old enough to take sweet Lady Molly down to London for the great goose pageant. The Queen's Royal Goose presentation was the oldest and most prestigious goose pageant in all of Britain and it was my dream since I was a wee lad to compete in that grand spectacle. I knew that Lady Molly was ready too, for she'd been giving me the eye when I went to feed her in the early morning out on the glen. And so it was on the morning of July 14th, I took Lady Molly in her carrying sack that Mother had knit for her, along with a wee bit of oatcakes to eat on the train, 
and headed down to Edinburgh. We arrived at the pageant grounds in London and oh what a sight. They had fine paintings of all the past winners hoisted up all around the grandstand of the old football grounds. In May were they magnificent. Old Lady Giddywallop from Derbyshire, Lady Quinnefeather from South Wales, and the most magnificent goose who ever lived, Duchess Camilla of Ipsum. Aye, they were an intimidating sight to be sure, but I knew that me and old Lady Molly would give them a run for their money. We hadn't come all this way just to make a poor showing of it. So we waited in the cattle chutes until it was our turn to take a turn about the pageant grounds. I remember adjusting Lady Molly's bonnet to make sure it fit just right. I remember going over her final instructions for the turn, making sure she knew just how high to lift her delicate feet when we reached the puddle crossing. But she knew what she was doing, aye, if there ever was a more seasoned and well-prepared competitor in organised goose pageantry, I have yet to see it. Ah, finally it was our turn to go out on the grounds. I remember the feeling of the sun on my face. I remember there was a slight breeze that day, and it was making Lady Molly's bonnet sway this way and that. I hoped that the judges wouldn't take too many points away for a slight swaying of the bonnet. I always thought it made for a more elegant presentation, but it wasn't my opinion that mattered that day. As we strode out onto the grounds, I began to worry. Had I prepared enough? Would Lady Molly remember her steps? Then suddenly I knew something was not right. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw him. He was a sneaky little mallard, probably snuck into the ground from some foul pond or other damp, wretched place. As any seasoned goose pageanter knows, a mallard is your worst nightmare. Nothing can ruin a sunny day on the grounds worse than one of those green-headed monsters. My breathing quickened. Tiny beads of sweat began to form around the rim of my Sunday boater's hat. Lucky for me, Lady Molly hadn't seen the blackguard yet. I reached down into my pocket and found my slingshot. I knew I would only have one good shot, and as we rounded the corner and headed for the puddle crossing, I gently pulled the pea shooter from its hiding place. I loaded it with my last caramel jolly gobber and took aim. I knew I would lose points for using a weapon on the ground, but I couldn't have that foul duck spooking Lady Molly and ruining her chance at first place. I aimed through, pulled back the strap and let loose. What happened next will haunt me for the rest of my days. The jolly gobber missed that blasted mallard by less than an inch, but it spooked him something fierce. That blasted duck lost his ever-loving mind and tore off across the grounds, spooking Lady Molly and all the other finely dressed geese. The crowd was in an uproar, and the poor man on the loudspeaker was trying to calm everybody down. I chased that confounded mallard with all my might, but he was much too fast. The blackguard had got away, and not before stealing the first place trophy and the Queen Mother's bracelet. I later found Lady Molly, and together, covered in mud and shame, we made our way home to the farm. I will never forget what that mallard did to me that day. I have hunted him every day since, and will continue to hunt him down until I draw my last breath. Aye, the only thing that will taste better than the sweet taste of revenge will be the succulent morsels of roast duck I will savour when that foul brute gets what's coming to him. Mm. Say, Alex, how was your weekend? Well, I went to visit my younger brother. Oh? How's he? Well, this time of year is what we refer to as his awakening. Sounds like a grand old time. Not exactly. Let's just say there are some livestock missing from the neighbor's pasture. Oh, my condolences. No, no, it's fine. The farmer and my family agree that culling the herd once a year is worth avoiding the alternative. 
The last time we forbade it, he went missing for six months and came back accused of arson in three states. My, my, that young man is quite the charmer. Well, it looks like it's story time again. We have another trip to Pappy's Farm by old Johnny Feller. My Pappy was... Well, he ran a farm. Winter was always tough. Some years it'd get so cold you just wouldn't dare pee outside unless you wanted a yellow ice sculpture shaped like the gateway to the west. And it don't snap off too easy neither when that happens. So you either gonna bleed a little bit or you're gonna have to walk into church like that if you don't time it just right. But uh, I remember one year the heat lamps went out in the number two chicken coop and we went in there to a bunch of chick sickles in the morning. Looked like that all just frozen in terror at some point overnight. Bunch of them were huddled together and there was one live one in the dead middle of that heap. Big Leghorn, Pappy named Shatner, because he was the sole survivor of that freeze, even though Bill Shatner wasn't the title character in that movie, and I told him that, but he just said, boy, start plucking them feathers, we're gonna sell this meat, which was a good idea. I mean, it was winter after all, the meat would keep just fine. But then Pappy took Shatner into the house, keep him as a house chicken. We thought that was a bad idea. Shatner was clearly shell-shocked from the experience, so he'd either sit stock still, you couldn't move him or nothing, or he'd squawk and run around the house dropping feathers and God knows what else. After a while, it smelled so bad in that house, and it was all Shatner's fault, but Pappy just loved him. Called him his miracle chicken. He was always susceptible to religious zeal. And even after Shatner killed my sister's hamster in one of his fits, Pappy told her, Hammy DeVito gave his life so Shatner could live. They didn't speak to each other much after that. That's just the way it was on Pappy's farm. Wow, these stories make me feel superpowered. Like JFK, the hypercharismatic telepathical knight? Oh, I don't know about being on that level of awesomeness. But hey, all of you nice people out there, thanks for listening. Our goal is to deliver you a monthly dose of weird. If you'd like to contribute with a weird tale of your own, please feel free to email us at email at alphabetdrippings.com. Now we must warn you that we can't promise that we'll record your tale right away or at all. But don't let that stop you from creating weird and fun stuff. Until next time, you've been listening to Alphabet Drippings. Even though I'm better than you, I am not.